Welcome to the wonderful world of wine. We are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Hello again, everybody, and thank you for joining Kim and I today on The Wonderful World of Wine. How are you, Kim? I'm great. How are you, Mark? Everything is good. I'm so excited. This is our annual 2021 What to Serve with the Bird. (laughs) Yay! Thanksgiving is here again. And last year was kind of an isolated Thanksgiving. We talked food and wine, and I thought we'd make this a tradition to talk with our listeners about what to serve with the bird and all things wine going on on Turkey Day. That's right. I know last year in 2020, when people weren't really gathering in big groups, we, um, you know, we tried to have a little bit of a focus on, okay, you've got maybe just your immediate family, maybe a couple more people. It's a smaller group. Let's focus on like one wine or maybe two wines to have for Thanksgiving. But now I feel like people are opening up a little bit more and maybe are going to have more people at their Thanksgiving dinner. Maybe it's going to look a little bit more normal. So I think we have a lot to talk about and a lot of ideas that we can give for people for celebration and for either sticking with the tried and true or finding some new favorites. But at the heart of it is family and food and celebration and being thankful and enjoying that day. Yeah. And when you mentioned to Kim, tried and true, when you think of Thanksgiving and wine, what immediately comes to your mind or you think comes to most people at Thanksgiving for wine? Most people? I can't speak for most people. (laughs) I can can speak for myself, but I know that unlike other holidays, like take Christmas or Easter or, you know, some of those other bigger holidays that that a lot of people celebrate, you can sort of shake up the menu every once in a while. You know, for Easter, maybe you have ham or maybe you have lamb or maybe your family does a turkey or maybe your family does a lasagna. For Thanksgiving, it tends to be very traditional. Like most people across the country generally will have kind of, you know, similar things on the table. It might be different regionally, but overall, we're kind of all sitting down to a very similar meal. So it makes it a little bit easier for us to talk about the wines to go with the meal. But that being said, it's a hard meal to change up. It's a hard meal to introduce something new to. So I think that there is something of value with saying, okay, there are these traditional wines that a lot of people like to pair with their Thanksgiving meal. And here are some of them. So that's not to say that I don't have some new ideas this year because I like to shake it up a little bit as far as the wine goes. But I think as far as the tradition goes, or at least the tradition for the last few years for a lot of people that I've spoke to, you're looking at either a light, you know, a lighter red, so either Pinot Noir or Beaujolais to go with the meal. Or dry Riesling seems to be kind of a popular Wheeler wine, but there's nothing to say that people can't stick with their favorite Chardonnay as well for a white. First, Kim, you were talking about the foods and everyone is having turkey, obviously. And I think we talked last year, 
It all depends how people are cooking. A lot of people are frying it now, deep mm. frying it. A lot of people have traditions with different side dishes. So yeah. why don't we kind of start by styles and then talk about the styles. And first, I wanted to start with sparkling because, I, you, you know, everybody knows who listens to our show. You're the, the queen of bobbly here. Do you have any sparkling on your table? If you do or if you don't, what would people want to pair with the sparkling? I have a favorite bubbly wine that goes with Thanksgiving for me. And you carry it in your store. <laughs> so I'm sure you know which one I'm going to bring up. So it's a sparkling rosé from Alsace. It is the producer is Lucien Albrecht, and it is a cremant that is made from Pinot Noir. So it for me, it's fabulous because it fits all of the my favorite categories when it comes to pairing with this meal. So not only is it bubbly, which just goes with everything, but it's pink. And I feel like rosé is one of those wines that when you have a variety of things on the table, it can match really nicely with a bunch of things, especially something like Thanksgiving that you might have squashes, you might have cranberry, you might have mushrooms, you know, you might have a lot of those flavors. And this particular wine really pulls the Pinot Noir flavor, a little bit of that earthiness. It's nice and dry, which I like as well. So it's a style of wine that I feel like really lifts up a lot of the especially those side dishes that we have with the meal. Because there is like a fair amount of earthiness usually to a lot of things, whether it's those squash or the mushrooms, or maybe you've got beets or something like that. So sometimes I like to have a, a wine that has just a little touch of that earthiness to it. I wanted to start with the sparkling because I feel a lot of people use it on Thanksgiving and it's more as a welcoming beverage or mm -hmm. with appetizers. Yeah, when I have There's a larger a crowd, dinner, that's usually what I will course, do. With the main course, they really don't. For main course? I don't think that but a lot of like people said, think it, about doing... It goes doing... great with sides. I and... know, but it's not... It's a very un-American thing to yeah. have sparkling wine as your main course beverage, I think is very unusual for a lot of American wine drinkers. It shouldn't be because it's no. super fantastic with like so many things. But usually it is reserved for that cocktail, a welcoming beverage beforehand. Or maybe you're having it with your cheese plate because great with a whole variety of cheeses. But it really does stand up really nicely to the main meal, too. And you mentioned that earthiness. I think also like the toastiness of a sparkling wine that's fermented in the bottle mm -hmm. gives that flavor that goes great with earthy dishes. Yeah. And it's so you nice because there are things in all sorts of price points. Like you can right. spend $10 a bottle. You can spend a hundred dollars a bottle. Like you can do really whatever works for you. So I think that's one of the nice things about the style too. You know, you can get an inexpensive Prosecco or you can get really fancy champagne. And you mentioned your favorite is a rosé style and rosé Still wine or sparkling wine, I feel goes great with turkey, especially the next day. I love leftover sandwiches <laughs> with rosé wines. You know, and that's you funny. I love the day after Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving sandwich, but I never yeah. have it with wine. Wow. I'm shocked. No, Try it with the rosé. I guess I'm going to have to do it this year. It's really good. Yeah. And do you think the trend in the Prosecco rosé is going to carry into Thanksgiving? I don't know. How do you feel the availability of it is these days as a retailer? Yeah, there's still plenty around. I, I think around? Okay. overall, I saw stats saying Prosecco itself is up like 20%. Yeah. 
And in U.S. now, 25% of all sparkling sales are Prosecco. Wow. So I think the trend is that easy, affordable $10 mm-hmm. to $20 bottle. It's a great uh, gift thing to bring to someone's house. But I, the rosé, I still haven't had a hard time getting. I still don't see it taking off. I actually sold yeah. more still wine rosé than Prosecco rosé. Yeah, I, you know what? I would agree with that. I would say that it's still flying under people's radar a little bit, yeah. even though it seems like a complete no-brainer that is super popular and rose together. And oh, we have this blockbuster <laughs> marketing campaign. Maybe because they haven't done any marketing behind it. I don't know. But yeah, uh, they're, they're yeah. trying to promote more of the higher level of Proseccos, I think, mm-hmm. than the category. So mm-hmm. maybe it's coming. But I, I love the suggestion of sparkling wine throughout the whole meal. Don't just, you know, give it to people in the beginning. Leave it out there on the table and yep. let people play around with it yep. with the turkey and, and so forth. What about whites, Kim? You mentioned Riesling. I've yep. seen this over the years kind of fading out. And you were mentioning a dry style. You think the dry style is where it's at now with Riesling? Either dry or off dry. There is something nice about having an off dry wine at Thanksgiving because we don't really think about it, but a lot of the sides that we have at the table do have a fair bit of sweetness to them. So something like if you are that family that does that sweet potato casserole with the marshmallows on top, very sweet. (laughs) Like if you were to put uh, Italian Pinot Grigio with that dish, that poor Pinot Grigio is just going to roll over and die. So you kind of need something with a little bit of sugar to it to stand up to something like that or something with a lot of body. So I know that a number of years ago, Gewürztraminer was very popular for Thanksgiving. I think that's the one that's fallen out of favor, but yeah, I would always I put a good bottle of Alsatian Riesling on my table for Thanksgiving. I was recently at a German Riesling tasting, and I must admit, I'm not a Riesling fan, but I got on the bandwagon, and I was thinking with Thanksgiving, especially if you have something where you're spicing up the turkey, you know, putting some real, either some heat or pepper spice or something on there, the Riesling would really work well, like you said, a little bit of sweetness to offset that spiciness or even on a mm-hmm. side dish that has a little sure. spice to it. Yeah. And I, I played with that theory. I tried actually some spicy food and I was amazed. I, I loved the Riesling after and I, yeah. I never by itself, I didn't, but with food, it can really, isn't it incredible? Taste I know really that's nice. what I like. Yeah. I always have to have at least one bottle of off dry or re- medium sweet Riesling kicking around my house for if we order Indian food or spicy Thai food. You know, if we've got a spicy curry as takeout, I need to put something like that with the food. It's a complete no brainer for me. And Franklin has such yeah. good Indian restaurants. <laughs> yeah. So, you sure know, it's, people, we, yeah, I'm sure there's people who have traditions with something spicy on their table at yeah, Thanksgiving. Maybe. So, you know, think of that when you're, when right. you're doing and it. And it would also go really well with that deep fried turkey that you were talking about. Because I think this is one of the things that people don't necessarily know about Riesling, because when you hear that word, a lot of people think, oh, it's going to be sweet, right? But Riesling is also fairly high in acidity. You know, there's some tartness there that can often get overshadowed by the sweetness. But that acidity cutting through the, the fat from the fry. So that like crispy skin with something that has some of that real nice tartness to it is just wonderful. And that acidity also 
leads back to the sparkling, which works well. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And that's why I say like, you know, for sparkling wine for if you're doing like cheesy appetizers to start it out, it's just just such a wonderful way to go. Sticking with the whites, Kim, I saw something that said Gruner Veltliner is the wine now trending Hmm. for Thanksgiving. Is it really? What do you think? I'm thinking it's the same as Gewürztraminer where no one knows of it or uh, would want to explore it maybe on Thanksgiving. Yeah. But do you see that foodie trend with Gruner? No, I haven't seen that. It's, I would like to see that because <laughs> yeah. it's a great variety that I like a lot. But maybe I, once in a while it just pops up and yeah. I just don't, I don't see it. I, I, so I don't see the it. nice thing about if you use a Gruner for Thanksgiving is that I bet it would go really well with the meat of the turkey itself. Because like I like Gruner Veltliner with fondue and fondue obviously is lots of cheese and very fatty. But again, it's another one of those wines that has nice high acidity and that cuts through the fattiness of the cheese. So it's also going to cut through the fattiness of the dark meat of the turkey, too. But it's not a wine that a lot of people. That makes sense. You know, know about or. I think they would take a recommendation if it was given to them by trusted person at a wine store that they regularly go to. But I don't think it's going to be people's first thought. Honestly, it's not my first thought either, as much as I like that grape variety. Well, here's my white I wanted to talk to you about that I feel really works well on Thanksgiving and it doesn't get any respect on Thanksgiving. And that's Sauvignon Blanc. And I'm not talking the New Zealand style with that real... Not something that's real tropical fruit or grapefruit, but something from, say, South Africa or even California, where it's more of a citrus, because a lot of turkey preparation, and in my home, when we prepare the turkey, there's a lot of uh, orange, lemon that's used in citrus on the bird itself. Really? And I think it really enhances the dish for me. And I wanted your thoughts on... You see Chardonnay, you see the Gruner, you see the Gewurz, the Riesling, but you never see it go to for Sauvignon Blanc. And I wanted your thoughts on that. What's nice about Sauvignon Blanc is that it's a a very all-purpose. Yeah, it's a great all-purpose white because it acts like a, a wonderful palate cleanser. So I don't necessarily know how it would pair per se with the food. Like, I don't think it would be the kind of pairing that if you have a sip of the wine and a bite of the food, you're going to have this like food revelation, like, oh my goodness, this is perfect pairing. What I think it's going to do is just make the meal very enjoyable because you're going to have that sip of wine that has this brightness to it. It has this citrusiness to it, like like you were just saying. And it's just going to add this lightness to the meal that maybe with all of those heavy foods, that's what you need in between every, you know, two or three bites. You need to have that lift and you need to have that, that brightness, almost like having a sip of lemonade that just kind of wake, wakens everything up. Sauvignon Blanc does that. So I don't necessarily know that there would be one particular dish on the table that would be like, oh, this is a perfect pairing with this. But I think that it would round out the whole meal and just be really nice with with everything that that you've got going. What do you do that's citrusy on your turkey? (laughs) I'm so curious now. Stuff the turkey with actual citrus to kill that gaminess. No, stuff it with citrus to take away kind of the gamey thing of a turkey. Yeah. The stuffing is mostly prepared on the side. We're kind of against that thing. You're you're a fan of stuffing the turkey with the. 
I love stuffing in the turkey. I love yeah. all the meat juices that get into the stuffing yeah, from the turkey. <laughs> You're more daring. I know. No, yeah, I know that they say that. Yeah. Oh, the turkey doesn't get up to temperature. Blah blah blah. blah. I don't care. That's one of those. This is my tradition and I'm sticking to it. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> one of those things, you know, passed down from generations. Thanks, Dad. So we covered Riesling. We covered Sauvignon Blanc sparkling for, for uh, next Chardonnay. You, you wanted to talk about Chardonnay. And I always recommend a non-oaky, more of a neutral style Chardonnay mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving. Is that where you like to go with Chardonnay? I mean, for me personally, because that's the style of Chardonnay that I like to drink. But I think when you're talking about Thanksgiving and bringing it back to that focus on tradition and similar flavors and like this is the meal that we've always had. So therefore, this is the meal we will continue to have. I think there's something nice about having a wine that is a favorite on the table. And we all know that for a lot of white wine drinkers, Chardonnay continues to be a favorite. Um, It is still the most popular white varietal wine that is sold and consumed in the U.S. So I think there's something to be said for having one of those wines as part of the meal that has that comfort factor for a lot of people. So maybe not necessarily sticking with the same brand that you are used to drinking, but maybe shake it up a little bit. Do if you want to do a Chardonnay that doesn't have any oak on it, you know, instead of doing your regular unoaked Chardonnay from whatever region you happen to get it from, splurge a little bit and get a nice bottle of Chablis. Or if you ordinarily drink California Chardonnay, maybe that favorite producer of yours produces a wine that's like a tier higher or a reserve level or something like that. Just make it a little bit special, but stick with those flavors that are within your comfort zone and what you know that you like so that you'll get just that little bit more of enjoyment out of the meal. That's a good point, Kim, talking about favorites, because when I prepare recommendations for the holiday, I'll put out little tags on wines I feel are the go-to Thanksgiving pairing wines. But for instance, I don't put that on, say, Cabernet. Mm-hmm. Right. But Cabernet is very popular and there are people right. that's their wine. So they're going to drink it with any meal they want because that's their wine. So exactly on your point, if you like that style of wine or if it's white Zin or Cabernet, it's going to work for you because you like it. So yeah. it's a special day. You should drink what you like. And, you know, Maybe you want to think about your guests. If Kim's at the table, she might not <laughs> like the Cabernet, <laughs> but it's what you like. So it will work with something. It can work with turkey, you know, but it might kill the turkey flavor a little bit. But if you like it, you're used to it. You should definitely go with what you like. I've kind of made a complete 180 on this topic over the last number of years that I've been doing wine. You know, in in my earlier years, I would have been, this is what goes with Thanksgiving dinner. And, and I used to bring all sorts of interesting things to the meal, whether it was at my parents' house or my cousin's house or my in-laws. Uh, and, and people generally would stick to what they knew and what they liked. You know, every once in a while, somebody would try a glass of this, you know, weird thing that I I brought like, hey, try some Albarino with <laughs> the Thanksgiving yeah. turkey. And like, oh, but Kim's trying I, I think to ruin I the just meal. sort of come back around to the idea that Thanksgiving is about comfort and relaxation and family and that there there is something to be said for 
not only the comfort level of the food, but the comfort level of the wine as well. Totally not what I would have said 10 years ago. <laughs> That's good. I mean, it's a great point. And I'm sure people didn't appreciate you ruining their Thanksgiving by trying to get them to try something different. That's right. right. I mean, it's like here, here. drink Gewürztraminer. Yeah, yeah. I'm going what to push this Gewürztraminer on you. I probably brought Gruner-Veltliner to the Thanksgiving one for some year. You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine. We are your hosts, Kim and Mark. You can find more information about me as well as classes at commonwealthwineschool.com and more information about Mark and his store at franklinliquors.com. And you can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. This is our annual Thanksgiving show. What to pair with the bird 2021. Is that what we're calling it? Yeah. What to serve with the bird. What to serve with the bird. That's 2021. Last year. That's what we're sticking to this right. year. And we have just had a great conversation about sparkling wines and whites. And now we want to move on to reds. And Mark, I can only assume that you have a number of reds to recommend with Thanksgiving dinner, whether they be tried and true or maybe something new and unusual this year. Yeah, I'm the big red fan. I, I think we should start out with the traditional past, what was in the past, the traditional wine, the, the Beaujolais. Nouveau, Kim, and we need to talk and bring it up because we talked in past shows how I feel it's a trend that's really gone downhill. And we I had sent you an article showing just that. It's just not mm-hmm. popular any longer. Have you heard of it about it this year or seen it yet? Like it's coming or anything that the hype that's being released during Thanksgiving? You know, it's so funny because there is so little hype about it anymore. Yeah. 20 years ago. It was like people were clamoring at the door, get a bottle. It was interesting. That article had a graph of sales numbers of cases or bottles or whatnot of Nouveau over the last, like, I don't know, 30 years. And it was high in the 80s, dipped a little bit in the 90s. And then from like 98 to 02 or 03 or something like that, it was fairly high again. And then it just completely plummeted. And I remember those years of 0203 working in retail and we had stacks, stacks and of stacks yeah. of Nouveau. And we would have people coming in a couple of days ahead of time, trying to convince us to sell it to them early. And we're like, we can't, that's breaking the law. You know, like yeah. all this kind of wacky stuff. And I mean, aside from my wine school doing a Nouveau class, uh, we're doing a Beaujolais class that's going to include a bottle of Nouveau on, on the Friday before Thanksgiving. We don't do a lot with Nouveau anymore. It's just not trendy thing anymore. Yeah. They were saying that it's down like 25%. And if I'm surprised it's not don't down know, 25 the, from last year or 25 yeah, from 25 like Yeah, 25% from last year yeah. is what I read. Yeah. Well, the well, last year was down 25%. So this mm-hmm. year is probably going to be more than that. Yeah, it's really not. Know if it even made it over here with the with the shipping and everything. Yeah, no kidding. I don't even I'm know if I hope we get some. <laughs> I was talking to some salespeople asking, and you know, no one tried to sell it to me. And has it even arrived? Is it in their warehouse or what? Nothing. So I don't even know if it made it here. 
Did you order but, some? Uh, I didn't. I didn't order it the last two years. I so didn't you, even you're order not it. going I, I to did. have any Beaujolais Nouveau um, on the Thursday before No Nouveau, but I, I will have Gamay grape wines from France, either Village or Cru, that, like you mentioned in the past, trying to get your husband on the, the Cru Beaujolais. <laughs> I keep trying. Um, it's not working. <laughs> the grape is phenomenal. It's a great food wine, right? So I love it. So don't know the Gamay grape. And I think the other problem with Nouveau is people are expecting it to be $10 a bottle. And over mm-hmm. the years, it's creeped up, creeped up, or you had to buy more and more to keep it at that $10 price. You can't, yeah. you can't get rid of it. So those days are, are gone yeah. about the $10. Yeah. In 2001, it was $9.99 or yeah. $8.99. 99 or 799 but yeah those days are long and gone with the container and shipping and everything this year yep. i don't think it'd be even close to that yep but i did see another interesting article about that the nouveau is made with the, it's just pressed really fast it's fresh juice they call it the carbonic maceration i think we talked about it in the past kim but i just saw that argentina is making malbec uh, nouveau now I'd Which try I that. thought was very, yeah, I thought it was very interesting. That, but they're trying to jump on a trend that's really not popular, but a different grape. I assume would be maybe a little heavier. But it's but- like it's a style that could gain traction. I feel because we're sort of at this point right now that people are moving a little bit away from what we saw a few years ago with lots of oak and heavy wines and higher alcohol. I mean, in some places, there's no way to get away from higher alcohol if you are making a traditional white or a traditional red in a lot of the areas that we get a lot of our wines from. So I think that winemakers are being really smart in trying to come up with alternate styles of wine from what they have, lowering the alcohol a little bit and keeping it lighter and fresher. And doing a carbonic or maybe picking a little earlier or doing those different things is a great way to experiment with developing new styles of wine that are going to appeal to people and that are going to work with, you know, what is trending right now, which tends to be lower alcohol, a little lower calories, a little lower in body. And I, I think that that's actually a really smart move on the the part of those Malbec producers. Yeah, they and they could actually hopefully it can bring back the trend of you know the nouveau was hot for this type of uh food i mean it was released on thanksgiving they had a niche that it was a great food wine related well, to one of the best food ho- yeah but it was related to one of the best food holidays of the right. of the year yep and they had a trend going with that and then it just but you, like you said other people can jump in on it with with other styles and, and yeah. take advantage it it may have just been that it outlived its popularity because we're talking about like you know the height of it was like what 1984 yeah (laughs) something like that so you know that was that was a while ago remember they used to fly it in on the concord that's even just a few years ago they would fly in the first (laughs) cases you had to pay extra for yeah you did it was more expensive so you would pay a different price for the those first cases that were getting flown into you yeah, but if you wanted to be things. the first, you know, right on right on the cusp of getting that very first bottle of Nouveau on that Thursday. But, you know, I, I think it's a trend that has lived its life. And now there are so many other delicious Beaujolais wines from the same region, but not necessarily that tutti fruity, ready to drink four weeks after it's been picked 
kind of wine that it's a good time for people to rediscover Beaujolais. And it's really, there are so many good ones out there. And I will give credit to the folks from that region. They do so much to try to promote their wines. There are so many tastings and travel opportunities. I feel like all the time, there are all of these things from the Beaujolais producers about, yeah, you know, learn more about the Cru Beaujolais or the Village Beaujolais. And it's um, been a struggle. But once you taste them, they're some really excellent lighter red wines, if that's a style that you like. Yeah, let's talk more about lighter red wines mm-hmm. and get on Pinot Noir now, Kim, because Pinot Noir to me is the best light red wine to use for Thanksgiving. It gives you that earthiness. It has fruit. It's light in body. It's got acid. Do you still feel Pinot Noir go-to Thanksgiving wine? Yeah, I do. And this, and I feel like Pinot has been the go-to red for Thanksgiving for a number of years. Do you remember when it was Zinfandel? When the Thanksgiving oh, white, red was yeah, Zinfandel. Red, red Zinfandel. Not red white. Zinfandel. Yeah, no. yeah, it was. Yeah. It was. That was very popular. So, you know, we go back and forth between big, powerful, fruity red with the meal and this sort of lighter, more elegant, a little earthier flavor. So I think that just goes to show that there are so many things that can make a nice pairing with the meal. And we can never agree (laughs) as to what like is the perfect, the, the perfect pairing keeps changing. So I think that that says something about people's Thanksgiving day meals that uh, there's always room for something different on the wine side to be added to it. Yeah, it's great as a retailer because there's just so many suggestions you can give. And it's the chances that someone doesn't like something for a wine to pair with Thanksgiving. You know, it's it's not uh, very common. There's, there's yeah. always something. There's always a light or a red or a white or a sparkling, mm-hmm. something will work. So let's And it's stick so on- nice to have a variety yeah. too, because especially if you have a crowd for Thanksgiving dinner, you're going to have people who like different things. So it always makes sense to have at least a red and a white. And if you want to pull out all the stops and you want a red and a white and a rosé and a and a bubbly and something else. And sometimes I throw in a dessert wine just to like completely throw people off <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to go with yeah. you know, pumpkin pie. There's so much out there that is just wonderful and delicious and makes the whole day just a little bit nicer. So give me one other red or a couple other quick reds you feel. You mentioned Zinfandel. It's still a good varietal to use at Thanksgiving. If you like it heavier. If has you like heavy, heavier has or fruitier, earthy. because there's a lot of fruity styles out yeah. there. I like that dried version. I think can go real well with a lot of side dishes on on the table. Yeah. What other red? Because so, I had two. I wanted to ask you your thoughts on why they they don't trend at Thanksgiving. What we are doing this year is northern Italian reds, but I haven't decided which one yet. But they're on the lighter side, which is kind of what I was going for. And we also really like Italian wine in our in our family. So I'm either going to do a Dolcetto or this grape variety that I just recently had for the first time called Pella Verga. Oh, yeah. Have you had that? Nice. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. It's light. It's along the same lines of those Pinot Noirs, but a little more like black pepper spice. So I felt like because it was a wine that had more of a savory element than a fruity element, that it would pick up those 
pepper notes or spice notes or earthy notes in a lot of the things. So because I'm the one cooking Thanksgiving dinner, I know exactly what's going into everything. So I was like, oh, yeah, like this would go great with the sausage that's going to be in the stuffing. And I know what is in the squash. So this part of it will work with that. So, yeah, I think we're going to go with lighter, a lighter northern italian red instead of that pinot noir for nice yeah for, they our, both work. for our meal this year both work really well even in barbera works i mean a little yep. higher in acid uh, it's a good choice I, I was thinking you were going to go spanish and i had actually a couple of spanish grapes i thought i was going to use this year uh one being movedra because okay. I wanted to bring some earthiness back on the yes, table. Yes, absolutely. Wine. Great idea. A little bit more body, but more earthiness to bring out because there's so much on the table. There's the stuffing, there's the potatoes, there's so many vegetables that are earthy that I thought would, and it wouldn't overpower the turkey. It would actually go well. So my red was going to be a Movedra this year, or even a Grenache or a Tempranillo that's not a like Rioja, not an Oki, but I was going to go more Spanish varietals. Hmm. It's, it's funny. We kind of switched. Usually we did. I'm the Italian guy and you, you were going Spanish lately. So, but on that similar vein of Spanish wine, I think a Mencia yeah, from Northern Spain. That was my well. other idea nice. for a lighter slightly earthier red that if you don't want to do Pinot and you want to sort of shake it up a little bit and introduce something new to your Pinot Noir drinkers, I think Menthea would be a, a really nice addition to the Thanksgiving table. And they make some beautiful rosé with that grape that oh yeah, I was loving. Beautiful rosé from all over the country. Like I've had great Rioja rosés. There are some really funky chocolatey rosés. There's, there's a lot of great stuff for rosé from Spain. We didn't last year. We kind of focused on every little dish. This year, I think it was it was good that we focused more on the wine. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw something also, Kim, about port trending. Uh, they uh, the port people Ooh. always like to push, you know, yes. the heavy stuff. But I kind of stick with port only and recommend it only towards the end, maybe with the pecan pie, that type of thing. I was just going to say that. <laughs> yeah. Anything with nuts. Or yeah. if you are a family who does a maybe traditional Italian family like ours is and you have like the bowl of nuts, that that is a course between, you know, you do fruit and nuts between the main yeah, meal yeah. and dessert. Having a tiny little glass of port when you're opening up pecans and hazelnuts and almonds, that would just be absolutely lovely lovely but it would also be the kind of thing that would go great with actually a lot of things you know you wouldn't necessarily think that it would go with apple pie but apples and nuts are really a wonderful combination and you if you think about a lot of ports have sort of a, a berry component to them and berries and apples are are really wonderful together so any of those dessert wines i feel like would have a natural place at the Thanksgiving dessert table. Great. Well, there you have it. Uh, what to serve with the bird, the 2021 edition. Uh, Kim and I, I, I want to thank you, Kim, for another uh, great year of talking wine. I'm always thankful that we do this show together. And thank you to our listeners for putting up with us. And <laughs> I, I hope we can do it again next year and keep talking wine. Yes, thank you. And we love we love doing it. And uh, you know how excited I get talking about food and uh, I love food based holidays. So this is one of my favorite shows uh, every year to do.
Thank you for listening to The Wonderful World of Wine. We've been your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. We'd like any questions or comments. You can find us every week right here on WFPR 102.9 FM in Franklin, Mass. You can find us also on Twitter. It's at, at Wine Education. And we like any comments on any way you can find us. Our past episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. Cheers. Bye, bye, bye.